Today's episode is brought to us by Filling Spaces, founded by Dipali Kalya and her sister Nanu Kanya. Filling Spaces is a passionate venture that goes beyond textiles and interior design. They have a strong dedication to high-quality handwork, natural fibers, and using traditional techniques to create unique products that embody sustainable luxury. The story of Filling Spaces began when Dipali moved to the U.S. after her arranged marriage, while her sister, Nanu, remained in India. After a few years, they decided to collaborate and bring their shared passion to life in the world of textiles and products. Based in Delhi, India, Filling Spaces has in-house manufacturing where artisans and employees thrive in a healthy and flourishing environment. Their authentic business focuses on delivering high-quality designs and craftsmanship, all while being humbled by their customers' love and generosity. For more information about their business and products, you can visit their official website at fillingspaces.com and explore their behind-the-scenes stories and daily updates on Instagram at fillingspacesdesigns. Be sure to check them out, and thank you, ladies, for supporting today's episode of HSDT. everyone, I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome everyone, welcome to our 160th episode. You guys, I'm so happy that you're here. If this is your first time listening to HSDT, we are thrilled that you found us, and I know you're going to thoroughly enjoy our 160th episode with Morgan Smith, founder of Minnow. I cannot believe that we are now at this number and this level of episodes. We have been working so hard here at How'd She Do That podcast for three years. We had our third birthday on June 8th of this year. And it continues to be my absolute most favorite thing. I love connecting with you guys and I love connecting with our guest. I just jumped off of a call with an upcoming guest, Hunter Bell. Yesterday, I recorded with Laura Deems, who is an artist out of Birmingham, Alabama. And I just think that the sky's the limit with where we're headed with our guest and with upcoming sponsors, all of those things. I wanted to touch just briefly before we dive in to today's conversation with some housekeeping, some updates, um, one of them being sponsorship. So as you guys know, if you're over on Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that, we only have three months left available this year. We are switching up our sponsorship tiers in 2024. I've been working with a business consultant to figure out how can we really monetize? How can we really grab the data that we need to show sponsors um, how awesome it is to partner with us? And so that's been a lot of fun. Again, I share more of that process over on Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that. But we have only three slots available. And even as I say that, there may only be one or two left. So head over to how'd she do that podcast.com. Use our contact page to hear more and we'll be happy to send over information on sponsorship, which again is going to change likely in January of 2024. So if you've had any interest in connecting with our listeners and hearing your advertisement on an episode of HSDT, please do let us know ASAP. Oh my goodness, it's so fun to even be able to say that. I did an evolution episode, an evolution of how'd she do that episode, solo episode a few weeks ago. 
And if you haven't listened, or if this is your first time getting to know HSDT, I think it's a great place to start. I share more about myself, but really we focus in on the last three years of the podcast and what each year has kind of resembled or looked like um, on the business side of things, which I think and hope you'll find interesting. We've had some great feedback, both from podcasters, fellow podcasters, small business owners, and uh, women in corporate as well who find all of the entrepreneurial endeavors interesting uh, to them as as well. Well, you guys, today's conversation with Morgan is such a blast. You're going to hear how smart, fun, kind uh, Morgan is. All things I, I felt I already knew about her, but to be able to chat with her today and share her story, it's such a treat. You're going to hear a little bit about her time at Laguna. You're going to hear about her stepping into motherhood, growing minnow from the ground up, from the West Coast to the East Coast. I think you're really going to enjoy. Be sure to snap a photo. Let us know where you're listening to and head over to today's post over on Instagram at how'd she do that podcast, let us know where you're listening from. We can't wait to hear from you. Here is my friend Morgan Smith on How Does She Do That? Today's guest, Morgan Smith, is the founder of Minnow. Minnow is a contemporary children's swimwear label and resort brand that embraces clean lines, simple details, and crisp seaside breezes. Timeless yet modern, playful and polished, Minnow lives for long days, sandy toes, and the wonderment of childhood on the shore. After working in New York, and Los Angeles, Morgan returned to her hometown of Laguna Beach, California, where Minnow was born. When Morgan isn't shooting new products on location, popping up around the world, or speaking with women like myself, she's likely enjoying time with her family in Charleston, South Carolina, where she now resides with her husband and three children. Morgan, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much. Hi, excited to be here. Well, this has been, I feel like, a long time coming because I've been kind of a minnow stalker for a few years. <laughs> so to be able to have you on and to know of all the just mutual connections that we have and so many yeah. um, fun ladies, even just, just to mention before we started recording. But I'm excited. I'm so excited to share your story. So how about this? Maybe you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and ultimately where you went to school. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in... Um, Southern California. I lived in Newport Beach till I was about 16. And then my family, um, my parents who were actually high school sweethearts from Laguna Beach moved back to Laguna. And so I finished out my high school there. Um, And I knew that I wanted to go to school out of state. Um, And this, um, I applied to a few different schools and one of them being um, BYU, Brigham Young University in Utah. And I, mm-hmm. so I applied, yeah, I applied to, and it's interesting because, um, the people out there might have known that I, I opened my, um, my letter actually on MTV's pilot, yes. Laguna Beach. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yes. it, it showed a rejection. <laughs> yeah, it showed a rejection. I read a rejection letter and that letter actually, this was like a little tidbit was from BYU Hawaii that I ended up getting into BYU Utah. So um, there was a little bit oh confusion there, but I did get into BYU, and then oh. that's where, you know, I graduated and went all four years. I did have a okay. stint where, you know, I did. I was kind of moving and grooving a lot in college. I did several study abroads. I did internships in New York. So I was kind of constantly just trying different things. I did a semester at BYU Hawaii. I ended up doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I did an internship at Elle magazine in New York. 
Um, I did, uh, yeah, just kind of, I just, I mean, I loved college. <laughs> I loved college. I lived it up. <laughs> well, and I lo- opportunity I had to offer. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, and I love too that you would mention that is a very fun fact about you that you were actually on Laguna Beach. And I don't know if everyone knows that fact about you being introduced to you through Minnow, but it's so fun. Yeah. And to hear too, yeah, we did. We saw that rejection letter, but ultimately <laughs> BYU, Utah, you did attend and had an amazing experience there. And you mentioned there were so many different things that you were kind of testing the waters in, in college. And I'm curious, what did you major in? I majored in humanities, which is like, it, it's very much me, you know, like hmm. a, just a love of the arts and um, just history and, um, you know, travel and learning about like humankind. And um, it kind of gave me this like general, this general foundation for, I don't know, maybe that is where like some of the creativity was born. But hmm. my, like when I talk to, you know, just any young girls, like, getting into college, just, just kind of try it all because you, I mean, that's your time where you're really finding your passions and, and your interests. And, um, I kind of just said, yes, like I, Mm. I said, yes, to different internships. I said, yes, I did a, um, humanitarian uh, semester in India. I did, um, yeah, I did, I studied abroad in Europe and it was just really an exploratory time for me to find out my passions and what I love. Hmm. Was that encouragement? Cause I think a lot of people, they think the same. They think, oh, I want to go to college and like figure out what I love. Or some people go into, and we have a lot of um, college age women that listen to the podcast, but some of them will, yeah, some of them will head to college and think, no, I know exactly what I like, but they'll be surprised. Was, was that exploration and the adventure something that your parents encourage you in or is that just innate to you? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, my my parents definitely did encourage like go out, try different things, travel. Yeah. Um, and when I was at BYU, I at the time I thought that I wanted to work in a magazine. Um, okay. And so that's why I did the internship at Elle. And I felt like I, I needed to be a journalism major to um, mm. to have that career. And then I learned at Elle that like so many of the editors were, had majored in art history and a bunch philosophy and just different, different things more of like, and so I felt like it wasn't a necessity, um, for my career and to more study what I love and what I was interested in and like what came natural to me. Hmm. I've always kind of leaned a little bit more subjective into like English and history over math and science. Right. Um, yeah, maybe. And, um, so yeah, it, it, I didn't put a lot of pressure on on my major, to be honest. Well, and even I feel like even more so than when you and I were in school, I feel like even now it's even less of a, a need unless it's a very oh specific yes. route, Makes right, sense. that you're going into. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great advice just to be open and to be willing, yeah, to mix it up. Freshman year, you might declare this. Well, who knows if that's what you're going you're gonna to end with. And yeah. ultimately, though, you did end with humanities. And yeah. what did that first role out of school look like? And maybe even how did you kind of find that that route? I it was an it was another internship right out of school in New York called okay. um, I knew I did want to live in New York after school. And it was, it was a brand called Harvey Faircloth. And this was right before the DTC boom. So they were like in a showroom and it was the editor in chief of Martha Stewart Weddings and the art director from Kate Spade started their own line. 
and I helped on the production, just running around the garment district, um, which involved into more of a job. Um, then I was, and then um, I moved on and worked for actually Leffler Randall, which has come full circle because now you know we um, are opening up stores next to each oh. other in Charleston. So it, it but I, um, yes, um, they started like a sub line, um, a father son's line. Um, Brian Murphy, her husband. So I worked for him for a little bit. And then I ended up at Kate Spade in New York. Um, So yeah, moved around in fashion within different departments. Um, It's interesting because I say like from Mm -hmm. a resume perspective, like when I'm looking at other people's resumes, you know, you look at the experiences in the certain role and and how much um, time they've had to build within a certain department. But I definitely like be bopped around within the fashion world and definitely like on the forward facing marketing mm-hmm. side. But, um, I mean, I, it, it's one thing to, you know, I've said like on a resume, it's kind of hard to follow my, my career, but I do feel like it was helpful <laughs> for as an entrepreneur of dabbling in so many different things. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, even just thinking about what you were doing, running around New York, you mentioned running around the garment district, then being in the forward facing marketing side of things. There's all of these different areas that your hands were actually touching. Uh, now tell us this for our New York kind of obsessed ladies. Where were yeah. you in the city? Where did you live? I moved to Brooklyn actually in Cobble oh, Hill. Yeah. Okay. Kind of the border of Pearl Gardens and Cobble Hill. It was such a cute area. It was kind of like, felt like the West Village of Brooklyn. Oh. And um, when I had lived there for my internship at L during college, I was on the Upper West Side. So okay. both both fun areas. But Definitely. I am, I love the city, especially in that time of my life. Like it just mm. it, I thrived off the energy and um, felt very much alive and mm. ready to go. <laughs> yes, I mentioned this so often on on episodes, but there is a theme of at least touching down in New York with so many of my guests. I think it's such a formative confidence building season of life. I myself had a stint in New York and yeah. um yeah, there's just something about the city you think back and you're so grateful that you did it at that time of your life. Now, what year was this? What what year or maybe what years are we talking about this kind of range post grad season? It was like 2000 2008, 2009. Okay. I graduated high school in 04 and then yeah, about 2008, 2009. Okay. Wow. Oh my goodness. So ultimately you are at Kate Spade. You end up at Kate Spade. What did that stint look like and what were you up to with them? Yeah. I was doing visual merchandising in the store Okay, and um, yeah, again, just kind of touching like different parts of the business. Um, And then during that time at Kate Spade, I actually got engaged Um, yeah. And so, um, my now husband was working in Dallas and I was working in New York and he had a job offer in Utah. And I said, let's compromise on LA. (laughs) (laughs) I I just felt like job opportunities wise, you know, and so we decided to move to LA um, after we got married. So we were engaged for six months and then got married and then we moved to Santa Monica. So then I moved over to Santa Monica and um, worked for a couple different fashion companies there, worked for Guess Inc. I did their special events and PR. So and fun. then from there, um, I ran digital mark and it kind of evolved into social media. It's it's so crazy to think, but like I guess I started their Instagram, <laughs> you know, like oh it's like God. it just goes to show like how much everything. And then from there I um, worked at Bugaboo and they recruited me from Guess. And um, Bugaboo was a, a a uh, really pivotal, pivotal building block for 
um, me doing my own thing. And I did, I did digital marketing at, um, at Bugaboo oh for North America. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm unpacking all this, but I'm thinking about all of the different roles that you had, all yeah, of the different of- names that you're mentioning. I mean, every single person listening is going to know each and every one of those. So the caliber and the quality of brands that you had kind of in your back pocket as you're at, um, Tell me how to pronounce that last one. Bugaboo. Okay. I know how it's spelled, but I don't know if I've ever yeah, said it out loud. Bugaboo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, that term, but yeah. Okay. Yes. So you're there and even, uh, yeah, to be thinking, okay, that final stop you just mentioned, there was a little bit of um, maybe question marks or, okay, is there an entrepreneur in me after being at so many different brands? Would you say that was kind of the season that you started to, to think about doing something on your own? Or was there even seasons before that, that you thought yeah. I could do? this? You know, I always think it was in me to do my own thing. Hmm. Um, but an evolution of like building up confidence, of course. And then I think a lot of like, I noticed a lot of, um, at least a, a lot of my peers is it's really this phase of motherhood that like sparks like a certain, you know, you, you want something different out of life and you want, you want to provide different mm-hmm. things. And, and it really, I think when motherhood comes into the picture, you find a shift of like priorities and passion and, and to be honest, like newfound ambition. Mm. Um, and so that was Mm. the real spark was motherhood in terms of being, um, founding a company. But while I was at Bugaboo, um, they gave me a lot of creative freedom, which I feel so grateful for. If I were to say like Mm. what really, I mean, doing my own thing and having the flexibility was huge, but it also too, I did feel at all the companies I was at a certain level of restraint, right? Like just naturally it's, it's not my, it's not my brand. Mm. Um, but I did have the, um, drive and the eagerness to like, want to try different things and want to create things. And, um, there was a certain level of like, you have to stay in your role and you have to stay in your, you know, department and, and that mm. felt limiting to me. Because I'm thinking about, I don't know if anyone has said that so well on the show, and that totally like hits with so much of my personality. So I love that you would kind of share it in that way, that there was there was a level of love for these brands that you worked for. And I'm sure even at a young age running around New York, you're like, I can't believe it. I mean, there was a profound, I'm sure, oh, excitement yeah. and gratitude but yeah, that element of a restraint of, okay, wh- what if I do this? Cause you do, you, you had the, like you said, the drive, the eagerness, let's go for it. Um, but then ultimately you're thinking, okay, I could even do, do something else. So I think that we're kind of getting towards the, the beginning stages of Minnow, but I do want to ask because you mentioned too yep. motherhood and how, how much that aligned with, with your brand. And obviously you cater to the darling children that wear your pieces <laughs> now. Um, but what was the the, the tie-in with timing of motherhood, your specific, you know, entrance into it, and then Minnow. Yeah, definitely. So I remember like having these quarterly reviews at Bugaboo with the president and her asking me like where I saw myself in the company and like what positions that I wanted. And I never felt overly motivated to climb or to have a certain title. Yeah. Um, it was more about um, just certain abilities. And for, at Bugaboo, I built a lot of relationships with um, you know, doing the digital marketing, working, you know, overseeing our PR agency, working with a lot of 
at the time we called them bloggers, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just working with talent and celebrities and, and, and coming up with different marketing campaigns and giveaways. And like, that was a big part of my job is building out these, these online marketing campaigns for Bugaboo. And, um, so I built a lot of relationships there and I remember like really treating it like my own. Like I, I hustled and I remember thinking, you know, this is, um, yeah, and even just like thinking about like my compensation, I was like, they were stoked. Mm, <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> like I was, I was working really hard, but it was for it was it was also. I mean, it was for me. It was it was for it was for also wanting to take this knowledge on, wanting to take these relationships on, um, mm. and 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 you know, and I think that really looking for for younger people building their careers of like looking at it that way that like all of this experience is so valuable. And I think, and I, you know, not to make assumptions, but people wanting to, you know, even if it's jumped straight out of high school into becoming, you know, nowadays we're all yeah. so empowered with online. You can make a lot of money influencing or being on yeah. YouTube or anything like that. But there yeah. is so much value in like, I mean, Kate Spade as like from a brand perspective, it was like, it, it made a massive impact on me. And like, right. was a premium brand that never discounts and holds their brand equity so tight. And that was something ingrained into me, like never discount, like hold your brand, like, wow. you know, keep that core integrity. And that's something that I've carried over into Minnow and, and all of those little pieces from all the companies that I worked for, like, you know, looking backwards, just, yeah, so valuable. So even though, I don't know, I, I think that to take each experience is that it's more than a paycheck and yeah. it's more than, um, I don't know, like, that, like I, I hold each, each experience like really precious. Well, it's such great advice. And I think it's so, uh, I'm everything you're saying, Mark, and I'm like unpacking everything. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. but, but what you just said, I mean, thinking about, okay, yeah, if you are out and about, you're running around, you're doing, uh, the PR, the marketing, you're talking to talent, you're assisting with giveaways, all of these different tasks that you are doing. I think there are some women, some, some people, um, in roles, they might just say, well, this is, you know, n this is the connection to the brand. This isn't a connection to me, but as you're sharing, you really took those on as personal connections, and I'm sure Definitely. we'll get into it, that that they really assisted with Minnow, but that you were forward thinking, these are not just, you know, Boogaboo's um, kind of connections. These are Morgan's connections. Yeah, and then to, to be able to run with it in that way. So what did it look like? Because it does sound like that time and that season specifically at Boogaboo yeah. was so yeah. um, empowering and exciting. But ultimately, yes. you're kind of, you're kind of thinking that time might be up. I don't know. So I always, you know, was really forthright with them. And when they asked me where they wanted to see me, I, I said that I, I, you know, I see myself being an entrepreneur. Like I would say that back in my reviews. And I mm -hmm. think the frustrating oh, part wow. to me is like, I knew I was meant to do my own thing and start my own thing. I think where I felt frustration was like, I didn't mm -hmm. have the idea. I didn't know what it was. And I think for a lot of people um, that start yeah. a company, they are designers or they have something they want to get out there and that they want to sell. I was a little bit opposite and, and, and um, yep. re-engineered and like, I felt confident I could get something out there. I could brand it. I could market it. I could sell it, but I didn't know what it was. And that part kind of drove me yep. crazy for a while. And, um, it really was, and it just goes to show like how life happenstance and like sometimes organically what's happening in your life, you just have, you know, that moment, it, it's also a timing thing. 
And so I had my first child yeah. and I remember asking, this is long before like all the remote days, right? And I remember <laughs> asking the company if, because we had moved down to Orange County and um, Bugaboo was in LA and we were in Orange County for my husband's job and I, and the commute, you know, it's over an hour and I, I had this oh, baby yeah. and I, I said, can I, you know, work two days a week from home and three days in the office? And um, they said they couldn't allow that at this time. Hmm. And, you know, I just knew like two to three hours a day was going to be spent in the car that I'm not getting paid for away from my child. So right. um, I said that I was going, you know, I had to let that go. And then they said, well, can we hire you as a consultant or a contractor? So I essentially had pretty much my similar job and then wow. continued on with Bugaboo as a client. And then um, different brands started to reach out to me. And um, like premium children's brands to run their digital marketing. Because digital marketing, if you think about it, I mean, like 10 years ago was really at the forefront of like people figuring out what it was. Oh, yeah. um, And so, uh, and just, it was a lot of just testing, innovation, trying new things. You know, that's what I always tell people too. It's like people, like what works for Minnow isn't necessarily like what will work for you, but always test, you know, like just... Um, so, so then, um, I decided, so I, so I, I was building clients and then I was working closely with founders on small businesses mm-hmm. and I just really felt like with all of them, I were, I mean, I incredibly, I've, I've admired them all and, mm-hmm. um, but I watched them and I really felt inside, like I could do that, you know, like I, I can, I can do it. And there's so many that were incredibly inspiring to me that, um, you know, I'm so grateful for. But during this time, I wanted to take advantage of, you know, more than two weeks, paid, you know, vacation at a corporate job. <laughs> right. So right. I did a home, ex- um, I organized a home exchange. We're on my Instagram. I posted this. We were living in Newport Beach at the time. And I said, does anyone out there <laughs> in, in New York or Europe want to like switch homes with us? And um, it was, ended up being a friend of a friend in London. And they oh came gosh. and lived in our house for the summer in Newport Beach. And we lived in their apartment in Marlebon in London. Oh um, my gosh. And I was, a con- I was a contractor at the time. So I was still able to keep my clients and work from London for the summer. And while I was in London, which has a huge children's offering, like in floors at Harrods, an entire floor at Salford, yes. like way more than the States. If yeah. you go to Notting Hill, it's like boutique, boutique after boutique is children's, which is not like the, you know, not what the U.S. market serves. Yeah. And so um, I was, I went around and I was looking, my son was 14 months at the time and oh. I was looking for a swimsuit for my son and I went into the department store and it's mid July and I just I couldn't find anything. And I remember being like, how funny, like, and I ended up, it was either cart, it was evil suits that had like cartoons or slogans or things that said, <laughs> let it ride. Um, or it was like, there's this, or it was like, I ended up buying him this cute, like petite bateau one, but it was the same one that they come out with every single year. Um, and I, you know, I thought to myself, like, about his suits back home. Like, wait, well, where do I get his suits back home? And there was no obvious choice. It was like, okay, you know, I would buy them on. So I liked them to be above his knee. So his like little, like almost like little JFK. So cute. <laughs> so his knee dimples will, will be shown. Oh my and gosh. And at the time, there, I mean, now, you, you know, things have evolved, but you, you just didn't see stuff like that. So I used to buy his swim shorts on Etsy 
yeah. like two sizes too small to get them above his knee. <laughs> and so then like the, the elastic would all be blown out. <laughs> and it was just like they were these little vintage shorts. And, you know, maybe you happened to like the print that summer at Zara right. or something like that. But yes. there was really no reliable, consistent option for just classic. Like I was looking for just a navy rash guard, the right. high quality, like clean beautiful, just simple rash guard. And that simplistic element for children's, um, specifically swim, I just couldn't think of anywhere. Um, and also to entering as, you know, having a full offense for children's swim, where at that time you could find yeah. children's clothing brands that did the seasonal one-off, like the seasonal one-off swimsuits, or you could find women's swim brands that did like a match, an afterthought, like matching moment, but there was nobody dedicated to children's swim. Yes, exactly. Um, And so that's really where we placed our emphasis. So it started with my son, the boys boardies is what we call them. And it was these little styled shorts that are, there's really only been one revision since the beginning. And, um, yeah, they're like little shorts that put above the knee. (laughs) So that's how it came. (laughs) Well, and it's just so fun. Even that little, um, added element of the, yeah, the London stay and kind of saying, wait a second, there's so many more options, but even with all of the options here, I'm still not finding exactly what I love. And I think too, before you kind of entered the market, I love what you said about for a lot of brands, it was an afterthought. It was a mommy and me moment, maybe around mother's day that they would have, you know, suits for moms and daughters. And and that's kind of where the brands, you know, thought for children's swimwear. Um, and so you do, you come back and what did some of these original, even that original short, what did it look like for you to actually figure out how to get those produced? That's kind of the biggest yeah, hurdle when you have a product. Well, yeah. yeah. We were looking for a suit because we were doing like a little Amalfi weekend. So we ended up wearing these like cute little Speedo, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then I still have the photo and it's, it's definitely like a, you know, that's always been like a special spot for the brand, but mm-hmm. um, we come back from our, and I decide I'm going to get to work on this. Okay. And I kind of, my, I'm very like goal oriented and task oriented. <laughs> and like, I set like a launch date in my head, you know, but yep. now looking back was just really aggressive. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I, we were there in August and I went to a textile show in September. And I remember meeting with, um, one of my um, friends, advisor, mentors today, he owns um, a company, a big company. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling him about my business, my business idea about doing a children's swim business. And I was really careful who I told because it's really hard hmm. to articulate your vision, you know, yes. especially when it's a product that already exists and it's really your authentic take on it, hmm. that it's when you would share it, like, I'm going to, I'm going to start children's swimsuits. People are like, cool. You know, right. like it, right. it's really hard for it. So I kind of, I wanted to keep it really just close to my heart. And so I remember telling him, I remember telling him that, you know, I really want to start this swim business. I want it to launch by April of next spring. Um, <laughs> do you think that this is possible? And how much do you think to get it off the ground? Right. And, he said April's going to be really tight. And he told me, um, he told, and he's in manufacturing, you know, he does factories overseas and things like that. But he said, um, you know, you're going to need at least a hundred thousand dollars to get this off the ground. Oh, and I remember gosh. looking at him and inside thinking, watch me. <laughs> like, <I'm> not, <laughs> like it's going to happen for way less than that. It did. So, oh, um, 
So cool. Yeah. Yes, we did domestic production. And so we manufactured in Orange County and oh, wow. um, yes, kept it always really close. And so how it started is I went to a textile show, um, really had no idea what I was doing and just looking at all the fabric. I actually like randomly picked up this role because I thought that's how it worked. And I still have that role of fabric today. And <laughs> it's just funny because that's just, you know, now we custom illustrate all our own prints and we have them printed onto fabric and it's just a totally different process. But yes. um, yeah, I met with a friend that had, you know, kind of attempted a swimsuit brand and she put me in touch with the local pattern maker that wow. went, and I met, I met the local pattern maker out of her garage. Um, and so, yeah, kind of just, it started just putting clues, asking people and it was like one clue after the next. Oh, I love that. I love that reference. I love that reference. I've never, again, never heard it said like that, but yeah, you just, as an entrepreneur and especially someone like yourself, who's working with product, it's literally, I love that clue after clue after clue. And you find the yeah. clues and then you go to the next step. As you mentioned that, um, kind of August timeframe, what year was that? You're in 2010 in Santa Monica. And then what, what, what year yes. are we talking about around here? So this is 2015 was okay. when the development begun. And then okay. we launched in April, 2016. Okay. April, 2016. Morgan, I cannot believe that Minnow is was launched in 2016. You are, your, your brand is really becoming like a mature brand. I, I was not sure of the, the exact timing. So tell us a little bit about that launch. I mean, 2015, the, the, the idea kind of comes to you, you're working on the product. Maybe tell us a little bit about the launch and then ultimately what is the memory of when the name came to be? Yeah. I have to give my husband credit because it was his, his name that he threw into the hat and he likes to remind me of that. Um, yeah, we basically sat down and did so cute. Yeah. He's like, don't ever forget. Um, and then my son's always like, and I'm the muse, you know, um, but we sat down and we did a, a long list of names, you know, trying to secure the URL and of course, like, you know, register your business. And, um, it was a long list. The second contender was actually, I remember recess. <laughs> and, um, but we went with Minnow and oh, um, cute. Minnow. Um, I loved the typography of the name with all the M's and M N's. And I knew that I wanted the branding to be yes. really clean. Um, like a Celine, just like very, um, but then we're children. So there's an element of like not wanting it to be too fussy or stuffy or, you know, still approachable, but very clean. And, um, I, because the name itself is cutesy, I wanted the branding to play against it almost, um, in terms of feeling Mm. really tight and polished and not too kitty or cutesy. And still to the day, like Mm. a core thing in our brand book is like, you'll never see Minnow with a fish next to it or like any fish icon. Or if anyone sends us like a deck with a fish, (laughs) it's just not going to happen. Stay away. (laughs) Yeah. So we just keep it. It's not, um, yeah, the branding is not uh, cutesy. Yeah, it's well, and it's appealing to the chic moms who are shopping and the chic grandmothers and grandfathers and fathers. I mean, it makes yeah. perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And I think the name is absolutely darling. So you'll have to, again, pat your husband on the back as, as he yeah, deserves it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just so fun. Well, tell us a little bit about, yeah, that launch period. I'm guessing originally, are you popping up places with the swim? Are you doing mostly local, you know, setups? What did it look like to actually find your customers? Great question. So, I mean, you have no idea really what, what is, what are you creating? Like you have a vision, you have an idea, but like it just, you, at the end of the day, like even you know, I received so much support, honestly, from my past career, like so many people leaned in people that I had done, you know, favors for in the past. It was a lot of that. It was cashing in a lot of favors. Um, so I have so much gratitude and like could become emotional thinking about just all the people on the the journey that have really stuck their neck out for me and like helped mm. me in ways that like, you know, not, not for compensation or not, you know, because you, obviously your, your funds are so limited and, and it's challenging. And, yeah. um, so yes, our, so we did our sh- first shoot at Crystal Cove in California and, um, a longtime friend, Cynthia Smith, who, um, mm-hmm. started her career at Vogue, she styled it and she did it, um, for free. It was so, you know, like all of these mm-hmm. people were so helpful. My, the photographer at the time, Rachel Thurston, you know, did a, a discounted rate. Everyone was just like willing to help me out to get this thing off the ground. So um, cool. my videographer, I used the one from Bugaboo and kind of same thing. Like I had booked him on so many gigs. He was like willing to help me out. Mm-hmm. And you then later repay those favors, you know, like you, you yeah. pay it for and, 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 and you're able to hold those people dear to you. And, and, you know, when they come out and they do their projects and their things, you're there for them. And Mm -hmm. so that's been like a really beautiful piece of building the brand. Just never, you know, always kind of taking that call and like helping that, helping out someone, you know, especially Mm -hmm. in this like female, um, entrepreneurship world that we're like all trying to like lift each other up. That's been like, really incredible. Um, mm. so I launched it online, um, on okay. Shopify and I launched off my Instagram. I had had a little following. Um, I had, I had posted just my work and always like kept people up to date. You know, I was traveling a lot to Amsterdam for Bugaboo and did like a lot of cool campaigns and, um, I had loved my job. And so I shared a lot of what I did. So I think that there was a certain element of just like keeping people up to date when, launching. Um, but I launched it online. I remember I sent out an email to all my friends and family and just like praying that like, at least my mom shows up, (laughs) you know, like, and, um, and really having no idea, no expectation, like no sales goals. Like there was no like performance marketing, you know? And, um, it was like an amazing week and day. Um, and just, I remember day one, as soon as it launched, like press just organically picked it up. And wow. there was this one publication in Australia, actually, um, called Grace Tales. It's like a beautiful magazine. And they did this big like headline that said like Minnow Swim Making Waves. And it it oh, was this full God. feature. And um, it and I remember mini style blog. I mean, all those early supporters like that you know, at the time I remember being like, oh my gosh, they have 150,000 followers and they're posting us. Like, you know, just all of that kind of those feelings at every moment, you're just like kind of blown away. And, um, Mm. and yes, a lot of people that a lot of influencers and bloggers that I had, you know, gifted at Bugaboo or whatever it was along my journey, um, showed up and supported and posted. So having that from the beginning was definitely so helpful and I mean, crucial. And then, mm-hmm. um, so from there, 
it was just you go into chase mode. You know, you sell out. You got to get your product back. It's it's all of that. Yes. You know, you try to keep your orders as tight and small as possible to keep your cash flow and you know to keep inventory under control. And you only have so much. Um, but because we were manufacturing right. in <laughs> like down the street. That was like really why I was able to help hold <laughs> off any type of loan because I could get product back on the site in four weeks. So it it, it allowed for this tight window where if I wow. went overseas and you have to place an order four months out, like, you know, that's where you really get into like needing either financing or, you know, different options like that. So early yes. on, I did have people like offer to put money in and I didn't want to take it because... I first was just like, I just want to see what this is. Like, I, I didn't want the feeling of, yeah. I mean, I've always been very like debt conscious and I didn't want yep. to take money when I didn't really know what it was yet. And so that kind of stuck with me and I just kept going, let's just keep going. Let's see how far we can go on our own. Let's see how far we can go yeah. on our own. And, oh. um, I mean, Minnow still to this day, we have not raised any outside funding and wow. we're up profitable business. So, oh uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely taken resourcefulness, <laughs> right? <laughs> Creativity. Creativity. No, truthfully, I, um, you know, now in this climate where it's different than 2021, um, where people were raising a lot of money and, you know, using Facebook and things like that. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm glad that we are in the spot that we were in, but there were definitely times and many times where you're like, wow, like, you know, people just growing so much faster than you. Mm, yeah. But to your seen. point, yeah, no, I love, and thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's a side of business that a lot of people are very curious to know. Um, but to know that you guys haven't stepped into that and that you are, that you're very much, like you said, debt conscious and that you guys own a hundred percent. I mean, that's amazing. And so it'll be fun to see, you know, in the future, what you, what you choose to do, but I love that you were like head down, let's keep going. And gosh, over the last, how many years, six, I mean, almost 10 years, almost 10 years, yeah. right? Seven. Okay. Seven. I'm rounding up, but good yeah. grief. It's like, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. you have grown and you really have placed yourself. I mean, when I think of children's swim, I think of Minnow and it's so mm -hmm. incredible to, to kind of hear the story and, and then those customers continuing to come back um, again and again. I know that's the case and, and it's just, it's so impressive. I, and I'd love to know, what would you say is maybe a real wow moment for you in your career? You know, I think like a lot of those just organic moments that, um, you know, and that's the thing with being online, you know, you never know, you never know what you're going right. to see that day. <laughs> right. um, I would say, you know, I think just growing a team is definitely a wow moment. It's, you know, when it was me the first year and a half um, and I'm writing wow. back from customer service, like we, we, we don't, it's always like <laughs> we, 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 it was just me. Um, and I think just, yeah, like whenever like my whole team's together, that is definitely like a surreal moment. And mm -hmm. um, I would also say, you know, things like last last summer, we were on the cover of Architectural Digest and it was just a friend oh. texting me. Did you know you're on the cover of Architectural <laughs> You know, it's like those type of moments are like, wow, you know, like mm. that that was really cool. I mean, uh, there's a there's a lot of them. And, and luckily and luckily because, you know, there's there for every great moment. There's, you know, tons of hard moments and, hmm. um, if that's just what it is, you know, yeah. 
Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that could be a whole other episode of, yeah, the, what were the, the biggest, the biggest headaches, maybe that's what we would call it. But yeah, I mean, over the last seven years, you guys have grown and you've grown an amazing team and I don't want to not put a bow on this. You also moved, you, you were in the West coast and you moved to uh, Charleston. What was the precipice of that move and what year was that? Yeah. So in 2019, um, you know, I always just wanted like an event, like growing up, you know, I, I'm from Orange County. My husband's from Orange County. We were mm-hmm. now living in Orange County, like with our children, our two kids at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest was about to go into kindergarten okay. and we kind of just felt like if we're going to do a family adventure, it's, you know, now or never. And, you know, moving out of the country, like to Europe was just, um, not really feasible running the business, yeah. but the business was still small and nimble enough. And with like mostly remote team that we could move across the country. Um, another thought wow. reason for Charleston was like this idea of focusing on the East coast for, you know, opening up an East coast office and giving, being able to kind of bebop between Florida and New York. And, you know, there was always more that I wanted to mm-hmm. do over there, especially in the summers that it just with young kids, it was harder to access, um, we wanted to do like a pop-up in Palm Beach, mm-hmm. like a store there and just different things where I felt like it. And we ended up doing like in 2017, I did a um, road show where I started in Charleston and I ended in Maine and we did 12 pop-ups up the coast in a minivan with my kids. Oh, <laughs> wow. Crazy. Um, but <laughs> Charleston, that was another thing I look back and I'm like, I don't think I would ever do that again. But it was great, you know. And um Charleston was our first stop and just, I'm one of many that just kind of fell in love. And I remember someone drove Hmm. me through the old village in Mount Pleasant and then onto Sullivan's Island. And I just felt like, wow, I could live here. And I always knew Charleston Hmm. was like a charming, like beautiful city, but I didn't realize it was such a beach culture, which made it so livable for us. And, you know, makes us not homesick Hmm. for California because we have that part of our life there. It also made it such a brand fit for Minnow. Um, And on top of all that, we ended up doing an event while I was there with Baby Eaters with Molly at her house. And I was just so inspired by all the women there and so many creatives, so many entrepreneurs, like all supporting each other. There's this incredible special energy there that I've really never seen anywhere else. And um, I definitely – that – that caught that caught on to me, and mm. um, I kind of never got Charleston out of my head. Mm. So um, when we were thinking about different cities that we could live, you know, my it was kind of between actually Nashville and Charleston. My husband, you know, into music, and and we also went and looked at Franklin, and um, oh, but yeah. I was like. How do you on a coast? Yes, <laughs> you know, I know. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, that is amazing. And yeah, th- just even the move, Minnow also moved in 2019 to Charleston. So those of you who are familiar with Morgan in Charleston, now you kind of know the backstory. Um, Morgan, I always love to share with guests, this is a little bit of a loaded question, but it's one I always love to ask. What would you say is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned? Mm-hmm. I know. You know, Okay. I, I, I know. I thought about this ahead of time because of course, like you said, loaded <laughs> so much. But, um, and that is entrepreneurship, right? Like every single day, mm-hmm. there's just so much growth professionally, but also just personally, like, you mm-hmm. know, is, is, and navigating that. Um, I've always, you know, I've really tried to always lean into mentors and advisors and I do coaching, I do therapy and, mm-hmm. um, just because you're always in a state of like evolution and growth. And that's something to like, process. Mm. Um, but I would say mine is, um, 
just getting comfortable with the obstacles instead Mm. of resisting and feeling like, oh my gosh, another thing, like another thing. Like I think just kind of letting go and allowing yourself, like that's what this is, you know, Mm. like it's not, um, I don't know. It's it's a different attitude towards the obstacles of Mm. almost learning to thrive and find energy off the challenges as opposed to like resenting them and being like bogged down and overwhelmed by them. You know? Wow. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. That's really changed the game for me because mm-hmm. um, the hardest part of the business for me early on was production. You mm-hmm. know, there was always a problem in manufacturing, always, every single day, and it was like <laughs> being so tied and so close to the product and to the customers. It felt emotional. It was like, mm. oh my god, the draw cord. You know, like, yes. it was like <laughs> every day there could be, and. Um, learn, you know, of course, having experts and, and, and kind of allowing myself a little bit of breathing room, you know, um, there, but, but realizing like, that's what this is. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's part of it. That's the energy behind it. That's the reward. That's, that's, you know, that's part of this journey that we have to enjoy. And you also Mm -hmm. like relating that, you know, even to life and to anything and to motherhood of like, Mm -hmm. you know, days can be long and hard, but just like leaning into like, not necessarily even waiting for that end result, but like enjoying kind of the challenges. I don't Mm -hmm. know. No, it's so good. I'm, I often say, well, not, not often, but there are times that I I tell listeners, I'm just like, pause and rewind and just listen to what Morgan just said. I have nothing left (laughs) to add besides that. I wrote that down comfortable with the obstacles. I think that's huge. That like hits me right between the the eyes, so to speak. And then I love too just thinking about, you know, earlier when you mentioned kind of those obstacles, thinking of them as clues, it's such a mind shift for me. So thank you for both of those, both of those thoughts. I'm, I'm over here, Morgan, like, Oh, wait, what? Yeah. what? Well, even just as with my kids, like that's something that I want to teach them is like, if, if that's what it is, life's hard. Like, but like, how are we going to like, yeah. you know, I think not setting them up with a false expectation of like, you have to be happy all the time. And like, life is to be a fairy tale. And it's, it's actually yeah. a series of obstacles and challenges. And like, how we go through those is, is really what it is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And the theme, we need to do a motherhood podcast as well. I'm, I'm a, a very proud auntie, but I think that we could all gauge a lot from from your experience and yeah. with motherhood as well. But this has just been such a blast for me and, and getting to know you and getting to share your story today. And one thing that I have found uh, following you for some time and following Minnow, there's always something coming up. You guys always <laughs> have something around the corner. So what's next for you? Oh gosh. Okay. So exciting. Um, we are actually opening up our flagship store on King Street in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so that is super exciting to just have a store where we are and to be able to connect with the community and activate and do fun events. And, um, I love having stores. I mean, I know people say retail is a lot, but I just love the ability (laughs) to walk in and like, feel the brand and be able to talk directly with customers. And um, anytime I'm in one of the stores, I'm like, I could be here all day, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, we're really excited. We're really excited to have a store in Charleston. 
Oh my gosh. Well, congratulations, everyone. I'm sure we'll be sure to pop by. It's so exciting. And how many stores are there currently? Right now we have three. So we have okay. one in Newport Beach, California, one okay. in Palm Beach, Florida, and then one in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh my gosh. Okay. Perfect locations. That's so fun <laughs> to hear. So you guys, yeah, if you're in any of those other locations, be sure to stop by Minnow. There's been so many fun themes from this conversation, Morgan. And I think one of the coolest things about your story, you've really peeled back the curtain on just how much you relied on your network, friendships, real relationships, all the way back in those early post-grad years when you're working in Los Angeles. So I'm excited to ask you, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? I, oh gosh, I, I have a I could give you a really long list because <laughs> I, I mean, I learned so much from my founder friends. They're like a quick text of like that can solve so much in like, you know, a couple minutes for me mm-hmm. and, and also just be a sounding board. And But, um, you know, who comes to mind is Andrea Williams. Um, she's the founder of Tubby Todd. Do you know okay. the... I know Tubby Todd via my nephew. Okay. So she's (laughs) built a fantastic business. It's really incredible. And I, you know, from a, um, she's a mother of four and Mm -hmm. we started at a similar time. She might've been like one year before me, but she's been someone that we've always been, um, just connected, but her superpower, because I feel like every founder kind of has their own, you know, her superpower <laughs> is building community. She's built an impressive community. She has the highest influencer mm-hmm. program on Grin. Um, wow. Her profitability, like her EBITDA of her business is exceptional, which is extremely hard to do. Like wow. most businesses are not profitable and hers is like exceptionally profitable. And so she always just impresses me. She's a hustler that like hits it hard and is a mom to four. I you know, I, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. She yeah. sounds like an amazing recommendation. Well, thank you. And you all will have to stay tuned for a potential okay. episode with her, Morgan. Thank you. I love it. I love the recommendations. And I know many listeners have likely already, they already probably do follow you, but perhaps they're shopping. Uh, but you tell us where can listeners connect with you? Of course. Um, you can find Minnow at, at Minnow or um, on our online at minnowswim.com. And then my personal is at Morgan Smith on Instagram. Love it. Well, thank you, Morgan. And you guys, if you're not following Morgan, she's such a fun follow, still keeping up with your travels um, and popping up at resorts. We can't wait to to also come to the Charleston store. So Morgan, thank you again for your time. Thank you so much, Emily. So excited to be here. Likewise. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Brought to you by Filling Spaces. Be sure to check them out at fillingspaces.com. I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers. And please follow the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.